make a decision, here's what we're going to do, and then move forward. I've seen the other side, excited, I, I'm smiling. It's funny, my teammates say, you act like you just got out of prison. I said, well, Green Bay's like a Fortune 500 company. And uh, the Texans are a new franchise, they're a startup that's, that's figuring out their way. And, and I think that uh, the moves that they made uh, when, when they brought the Serio in and Coach Foley, I think that they're on the path, uh, I think. Good. Davis Watson injured, was in the building. Well, as I said before, we're day to day with it. Uh, you know, the only thing that's changed from the standpoint of that is we, we make decisions every day based on what's best for our football team, and that's, I'm going to leave it at that. And welcome to another episode of the Turn Up For What podcast, talking your Houston Texans straight from the Great British Isles, and we're back at training camp. There's actually players out on the field with footballs, jersey numbers, I've not got a clue half the bar. But the Texans football's back for the 2021 season. It's been a really old and long off-season that we'll probably never forget whatever happens this year. But there's actually guys out there playing and uh, it's it feels like the page is turning towards the off-season, I think. And we had Drew on last week and just flying solo this week. Obviously, there's going to be a number of practices with pads on that we can actually take some material outtakes from uh, rather than... Deshaun's body language, and we'll come on to him in a second, wasn't out there today for the first day of padded practice. Uh, but last week, Casario's maybe best move of the off-season in some, in some form or another was trading Randall Cobb, now completely derived by Aaron Rodgers, who's thrown his weight about in the front office in, in Green Bay, and they've obviously let him do that, and fair play. You've got to keep your star quarterback happy. Um, well, functional organisations try to do that um, but obviously we are s- some separate to that and Randall Cobb had some very choice comments to, to make about you know Houston and he, you know, he said teammates told him he looked like he was smiling that he'd been out of prison um, and he, you know and he compared them to a 500 for a fortune 500 company uh, versus a startup and yeah it's probably a bit of a jarring when you hear that from a guy who's been around the league and he's been obviously <laughs> that's when he's come from Dallas as well last year but yeah here we are and that's that's just the reality of where this team's been and many of the reasons why we're in the trouble we're in um but Randall Cobb obviously you know you get you get a late round pick back for that not ideal you take on some of his salary but yeah it was a step forward probably a year earlier than you thought you might see that one and then uh we bring in Anthony Miller as well we touched on it very briefly last week um but yeah Anthony Miller comes over from Chicago former second round pick guy at Memphis they traded up for got all the all the shifty and technical ability you need to play that slot but he's also got some versatility to play on outside and there's been some positive reports and I think really you know in the first couple of days you can only take one-on-one cornerback versus receiver uh outputs from from the camp because it's just not real football otherwise but that's what you can practice non-contact but it looks like Anthony Miller's come over here with a point to prove he's in the last year of his contract but he's like many guys just putting himself in the shot window and it's a prove it year for him so we'll see where Anthony Miller goes but you know you've got one guy and one one out pretty quickly um on a much cheaper deal and you know potential to keep to, to keep him on for future years at a far far more reduced cost on the salary cap than you would have uh, with Randall Cobb but 
Cobb moves on. Some choice comments. He did say, though, Caserio was moving this in the right direction. And uh, I suppose he is in many ways. But I suppose the the awkwardness of the first couple of days is, is interesting because you've got Deshaun there who is probably didn't quite think the Texans would be as comfortable with the uncomfortable, um, and then they are, and I think that goes back to Casario, and you know, and he, did, you know, and he referenced at the Sloan Conference, which is an analytics-based uh, sort of organisation that talked to Casario and a number of guys um, around the league, and you know, he talked about the text himself, and prior to Randall Cobb talking about that as a startup, so you know, he Cobb may just have been paraphrasing or, 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 re, or repatriating the comments of Casario from a conversation they may have had or it may be that one but um, as we try to move on with with with, the, with this issue I think the analytics point is that that Casario is obviously comfortable um, to, to let him sit and you know to let him dangle around and he was and I know there was a lot made about his body language and what he did and what he didn't do standing with a beanie hat on being the, being the, the blitz and safety calling the signals whatever he was doing personal drills but as soon as any team stuff came about um, Deshaun wasn't there and I suppose it's a, a visualisation of where the relationship's got to you've obviously had another complainant come out and talk which we said against our lawyer's wishes on YouTube and did a lengthy podcast and gave an account of what it was like to, to have him as a massage client and it was it was it was terrible to listen to in many ways and it was just exactly the same characterization that she'd given that you'd heard all before. So there's another one plus this, the legal suits and it doesn't seem like this is going to go you know, away anytime soon. Um, there, there, was a, there was a comment today that the Eagles have cleared some salary cap with Derek Barnett and Lane Johnson, 14 million off their books in the day that Watson isn't out there. It almost looked staged that he... He just had somebody looking at his looking at his foot yesterday, and like it might be on the precipice of the biggest move and the biggest change in this franchise history it may happen sooner rather than later. But when you listen to those comments, when you listen to all the kind of stuff that's going in the background, when you see the numbers rising still, even at this stage, you know, four or five months on from when these reports first emanated about Watson and, and through any kind of trade talks off the tracks and at the same time teams were doing their due diligence on the rookie class before making any moves up till the draft thrown at some dis disarray we're still seeing the the final embers of the Deshaun Watson era in Houston I um, never thought it would end this way but certainly it looks like the team are happy to just sit grin and bear it and wait for the right time and the right value and good on them because that is the only way you can get out of this unscathed A big change really from on the field matters, I think, from the coaching staff was always going to be very different this year. Um, and Cully continued to do that. He got his MC hat on um, as he's out there in his bucket hat every day, doing limited coaching from what everybody is is, is reference. He's a walk around head coach and Caserio has probably done more coaching than he has from the reports that we've seen. And I think that's an interesting dynamic. You've got it as decried as Camp Casario on Radio Sports 610 and there's not many off, you know, front offices around the league that overshadow the head coach in many buildings and and we're seeing that here and I, I think that speaks to the the, the temperiness and the and the uh, and the feeling that you know he's very much a placeholder and I think he's okay with that and he's trying his best to you know get a tune out of a roster that's not really got all that much talent. Um, there's some question marks and there could be some improvements, but I think he's certainly there to 
to to to just build a build the culture. I think and he and, and Casario takes a far more active role in training camp and out there throwing footballs and speaking to the media on a far more regular basis than Nick Casario, or or than. Casario does that far more than, than Rick Smith ever did and Brian Gain was a short time, small sample size, so perhaps can't compare to the, to the fullest. But certainly, you know, he's, he's putting himself out there being the, the face of the organisation um, and he and he's playing, you know, very much the lead role of the, of this team. But, um, you know, Casario is, is, continues to, you know, consistently churn the roster and I think that's been a big departure from... The Bill O'Brien, um, you know, era um, that we, we relied on top-heavy stars or of a roster composition, and not a huge amount changed at the bottom. There was some churn, but Casario's taken this churn to a whole new level, I think, and he continues to bring in players. Um, we try, we, we we gave a, a tryout to, to to a number of players this week. We brought in Danny Isadora, who came from the University of Miami, and he continues to to iteratively go after and improve this roster. So the the days of we like our guys and we're very fixated on the people we have here, um, and the the people that that were here too long and weren't replaced by younger, more hungry, or talent who could perhaps could be more productive for you on a Sunday. I think it's definitely gone. So it's refreshing in that point. Uh, but there's definitely so many questions on this roster of how we'll how we'll cut it down and how we'll get to that point. But but certainly Cully playing a very much a secondary role, a figurehead, and Casario just continuing to to pull the levers every week um, and and continues to look at ways that we can keep changing and keep adjusting this roster. And I, I would I wouldn't put it past them another you know at least another ten to twelve changes on this roster prior to the prior to the conclusion of preseason games, um, if not more. I think there's definitely something we're just going to probably have to accept that, you know, with four going or certainly not looking like he's ever going to be back in pads or taking meaningful snaps in training camp anytime soon. I think we're just going to have to get used to the, the quarterback play of this team is going to be really different this year. We've been so used to big, long, developing plays down the field. It was a staple, though, Brian, offense that... That the plays were built around, and uh, and or certain plays were leading up to build tendencies to try and hit guys long, and 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 Will Fuller's obviously not here, but I think the quarterback ability to hit the ball long is it's just not there, and I think Davis Mills shows he struggled with that, and Tyrod Taylor struggles with that as well. So there's definitely you know a, an element of building building up short intermediate passes, um, and and making sure that the run game complements that enough to just to take the pressure off and and I think you can't judge Tyrod until you can see him fully running in pads and he, he can bring in you know and suck up linebackers to 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 the line of scrimmage because obviously he's not the most gifted athlete in terms of arm strength in terms of in terms of matriculating the ball down the field making long plays uh, but what he can do is use his feet and and trying you know bring the attention to safeties and linebackers and the second and third level and then that's where you know you will open up space that you wouldn't have had otherwise so it's it's hard to judge you know guys without the pads and we've got one day of it so far but it's a there's definitely limitations to Tyrod's game. We all know that, and I think there's there's an element of will he get injured or not, and the history and and of of his of his career would suggest he would. And I think you've got, you know, a potential. Uh, David Mills, I think D- um, Driscoll has shown that he's not capable of being a player at this level, by some of the reports, and he and he continues to hang on. But I would expect the Texans, based on all the 
information given and all the constant interceptions that they'll look to try and replace him and cut down because surely there's a third or fourth string quarterback on another team that are a bit, bit better off at that position who could potentially replace him and give somebody with a bit more upside and a bit more meaning, meaning a meaningful contribution to this roster because it seems like he's just making the defence rack up numbers and look good at this stage. But Davis Mills had a bad day by all accounts at the weekend there in, in Tyrod's absence. He had a planned absence from the team due to a personal matter. And he and he had a bad day, but then I think what what's important is he, he faced some adversity and he looks like he's gonna bounce back and okay, he was you know, there's reports today just coming out just before we jumped on here that he you know, he got picked off by Vernon Hargreaves, which after Vernon's performances last year will probably arc people somewhat. But he's learning and you know, a living college starts, very, very little tape. So you you wanna you wanna try and protect him as much as possible. But these are all great learning moments and and, and days early in camp that you know he can make these mistakes now and the more he gets out um, and he can learn from it and show he's learned from it and then improve when he comes back to the line of scrimmage and the next player the next day and then that will show growth of a guy who could potentially contribute in some way or another or just hold down the fort if say Tyrod Taylor gets injured but I think if he does and it would seem likely Tyrod this team could be in a little bit of trouble if it happens early because I don't think Mills is ready yet he's got a lot of development to go and we all knew that that was obvious from his college tape, and it was obvious from you know the amount of games he's played at high school and at Stanford. So that you know there is a lot riding on Tyler Taylor just to keep this this ship afloat this off this season. But we'll see if he he can do that um, or not. But certainly you know his red zone five interceptions will be you know go that it went down as one of the worst performances at training camp as a Houston Texans quarterback is putting in in the last 20 years but um, it's whether he learns from it or not is the is the big question and as you said the pads go on this week and it's interesting if we'll actually see real football and we'll be able to make an assessment on and guys you're watching Justin McCray inside Justin Britt if he's, he's going to be able to play as, and, and lead this team at centre who's going to play left guard is Mark, Max Sharpen there or thereabouts, you know, does Danny Isadora, does one of the, you know, Fiat Holt or one of these guys that are, you know, coming out of left field potentially to play on one of those two spots have have the capability to come and do that. I think you can't rule out Lane Taylor. I think he's still out right now. And he, so he, uh, him and Marcus Cannon haven't been in, hence we've seen a bit of shuffle at the line. Brought in Reiter, who was at the centre at, at Kansas City there um, for a workout. We've not progressed with him, but I think certainly the interior of the offensive line at those two guard spots particularly, if Brett's going to hold down the, the centre spot, and it certainly seems like he will, then there, there's definitely a definitely a lot to be to be learned in them and I think even guys like Lane Taylor and Britt you know they've not played for two seasons the pair of them so there's a lot to learn about where they are physically because it's all very well just in helmets and, and t-shirts but when you finally get out there and actually put on the pads and and get to grips with the, the guys on the opposite side of the trench that you find out you know exactly where they are and I think we can't make a judgment and um, we'll definitely come back and talk about that more next week once we've seen a number of padded practices to get a feel for for where these guys are individually and of course across the defensive line you know one of the biggest and most important pieces of Ross Blacklock on this team can he make a jump from last year low pad level his helmet was pointing down ended up on the turf a lot didn't show the fundamentals that you'd expect from you know a borderline first round pick but right at the top of the second round pick as part of the Hopkins trade he didn't show anything you know and I think if he hadn't if he hadn't have been the investment it would have, it could have been a very you know and it was a one year 
steel guy on based on his tape, he wouldn't be back. I think that's quite simple. So, you know, we'd all like him to break out. We'd all like him to, you know, to, to come and have a, a, a level of contribution each week that's going to make a difference um, on the football field. But the, I think Ross Blacklock has got a long way to go just to be functional. And then if he can build on that, you know, and, and the scheme suits him better and just get him to shoot gaps like he did at TCU, then you know, and other guys, the four up front, then it will definitely be definitely be a success for this team in terms of being better at the defense. Now, how how good they can be against the run, I think Malik Collins holds a lot of answers to that, as does Jaleel Johnson, as did Vincent Taylor. So you know, what do these guys look like on pads? Who's going to be the the starting two guys on the outside? And you know, this is the. The, the, the trope season where you hear people talking about this guy's lighter, Whitney Merciless has had that, um, so has Ross Blackwell. They've talked about people being lighter, being fitter, best I've ever felt. You hear that you know, because you can't say anything else beyond that. Um, but there's definitely been some, some you know, very um, honest and candid appraisals of the performances last season. Um, I heard Zach Cunningham talking there, less so on his part, but definitely on Justin Reed and Whitney Merciless. You know, they were very, very clear that, you know, they were aware of their of their poor performance last season. They're both two high character guys, but you'd expect that uh, from them because they're pretty aware and pr- pretty pretty uh, nouseful about the game of football. So hopefully we'll see that, that those guys bounce back because we're going to need those as, as cornerstone pieces of the of the defence of what they look like. Jake and Jacob Martin, how's he going to be able to transition to a defensive end in the system? Um, and Shaq Lawson, the guy that's come over on a trade, you know, he's expected to probably be your most impactful pass rusher. Will that prove to be true? We'll find out. And Jordan Jenkins in that same boat as well. What do these guys look like with the pads on going up against Titus Howard, going up against Laramie Tunso, um, and you know, and a couple of other Rod Johnson, Charlie Heck, a guy in Heck, he definitely looks like he's been in the weight room over the summer. A um, couple of clips of him emerging from the tunnel looks completely different, um, particularly in his upper body. So, you know, he'll be fighting for that fourth um, or third tackle spot, the swing tackle spot, probably with Rod Johnson um, on this on the step chart. As as it's all said and done, as we start to get towards the games, we're about a week and a half so away from travelling up to Green Bay. Um, and I think one of the running back spots as well, you've got to understand, look, David Johnson um, will be on this team and given every chance to be the one or number two. I think that was evident when somebody sent me a picture of the four jerseys they were selling at the uh, merchandise stalls. They've tried to really invest in the fan experience at training camp, but David Johnson was one of those four, along with Larry Tunso. Justin Reed and Whitney Merciless. So, yeah, you can guarantee those guys will all be on the team. Um, and I think, look, I mean, Tunsil's abilities undoubted, application perhaps so, um, a little bit less. But, you know, you think Justin Reed's been the biggest call out of camp so far. Um, and is that is that the competition level making him look good? Time will tell, but it's a contract year for him. And Jordan Aitkins, who I think, you know, definitely shone on both sides of the ball on air. So let's see what it's like in camp. But definitely, David Johnson, going back to that earlier point, he is definitely definitely going to be on this roster. And I think it's probably a toss-up between Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay. You've got to give the nod to Philip Lindsay, just being the younger guy. They may well keep all three, but it would seem difficult in terms of this roster composition to do that. Um, And similar skill sets, both power runners, guys who are going to make the tackles. But if they do keep both of those guys, then that will just show you the commitment to the run they've got. And you know we won't be seeing too many passing plays in our in, in our composition of run to pass play will completely flip on its head and some um, from last year. So you know a lot to be decided, but it was very early days yet. 
and we want to get some first-hand accounts um, to, to, to try and talk you through this training camp uh, rather than giving you know reports of reports we want to get straight from the horse's mouth so we're going to have a couple of guys on in the next two to three weeks talking through the pre-season games as well um, about what training camp's looking like how we can uh, expect this roster to shape up but I think the big thing at this or or the, the biggest noticeable point of this roster if you try and you know, sketch it out from the, the 53 and then obviously you've got the practice squad we're looking going to be calling 14 this year I think you know there's probably 15 to 20 spots that you can make an argument are de- definitive and then after that I think guys are going to have to to go and um, go and earn their spot and I think there's a lot can decide and a lot to be decided there's certain guys uh, the, like Moore the wide receiver who's come over I think he's got a leg up just because he's 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 got history with Cully and I think you know, there'll be certain guys if Derek Rivers is on the team as well, then we'll maybe start to worry. Driscoll's here perhaps because of his uh, his religious uh, connections, but we'll, we'll see um, and we'll find out who's really making these decisions. They've talked about not being the best, but the right 53. Um, but it's all to be decided, really. And I think you've just got to take a pinch of salt at this time of year. And I think there's been many camp stars, the star Gene being the biggest one, never really caught a pass for the Texans in the league, but looked like the best player that everybody was talking about Trinden Holiday in the preseason never really did it for the Texans went to Denver field as well so you know I think you can't really know until the until the real lights come on week one um, and Kahali Wearing was a bit a good example of that as well a guy who you know sh- strikes a hugely physical figure out there but yet is yet to to prove that he consistently play football at, at a high level and know his assignments and know his technique and know what he needs to do on the field but against Green Bay in joint practices and in, in uh, 2019 he was deemed unplayable uh, got an injury um, uh, unfortunately at a bad time for a rookie and all these rookies so far have done healthy but Waring's never really recovered from that having that short start and I suppose that's probably why Brevin Jordan report Garrett Wallow to a degree but Nico Collins seems to be the, the star of the rookie class so far I think you've probably got a Again, consider the, the context of who he's up against. And, you know, he's playing against John Reed. He's a slot corner. He's burning him on the outside. Fair enough. Makes a good clip on to, to share on socials. But he's he's definitely, you know, you want to see him up against maybe Bradley Roby and then some more starting calibre players uh, in the preseason. But, you know, I think all, all things point to a successful trade-up at this stage for Nico Collins. And I think the... The consistency is an element that all rookies all need to find, but it looks like you know, we might have got a good one there. But as we said, we will never know in its fullest until they start doing it on a regular basis uh, in competitive games. And um, this is all this is all very much just a prelude to that. And we we can't crown anyone or or uh, or decide anyone's going to be a, a breakout star. I know people are looking for positive storylines, and but we're just going to have to wait wait and see until it pans out um, and see who's actually going to be a credible player and some irons in the fire for this franchise to move on. As I said with the Eagles news today and Deshaun not being out there, we may be on the precipice of a big move. It may or may not happen. We'll find out, I think. And that, that's that's just the the uh, the shadow that looms over us until that happens. But certainly it looks like the players are back out there. We'll get some people back in the next couple of weeks just who have been there and seen it with their own eyes to discuss some, some training camp uh, thoughts and takeaways and and we'll try and form some formation of this roster as we see it in the next couple of weeks once we've seen real football against NFL opposition in pre-season. Um, as I said, we're just over a week and a half away for travelling up to Green Bay 
and football will finally be back. But just a quick express edition, just some thoughts on training camp and what you should and shouldn't perhaps pay attention to this next couple of weeks. But uh, thanks again for listening. You can check everyone out at podcasttexans.com or Facebook and Twitter, and we'll be back again next week. <laughs>